welcome back to another episode of Red Rock Sports Podcast. I'm sitting in the captain's chair today. He is the captain now. <laughs> For Jared, who's in COVID protocols, I am Connor Holzkamp. To my right, we got professional sports better and NHL expert, Tyler Walgie. Hello, connoisseur. connoisseur. Hello. Is it connoisseur? Connoisseur. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Or thanks for coming in. And then across from me, as always, we got producer Nick Sopris. Captain. Producer. <laughs> Not the captain, but I'd wear the A. Uh, yeah, I'd wear the A. You got the A in your chest. Yeah. Connor's got the C today. All Classic. Right. Yeah. Well, how you guys doing? Good, man. It's uh, we're rolling. I ate shit on my way in here. <laughs> Did you? You yeah. fell. I was running a little late, as you guys know. Connor says, where are you at? I say, hey, I'm just about to get here. I see glare ice all over the entryway. Mm-hmm. I say, don't eat shit. Don't eat shit. The entryway where? Coming into this? It's coming into to the, the studio. studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Glare ice, yeah. yeah. I think we, maybe we need to talk to staff about you, that. You know, I think we do. Let's yeah. get some, let's get get a little some ice salt melt. out Yeah, there. get some ice melt. Yeah. The thing about falling is like, everybody does this, is when you <laughs> fall, you eat shit, and all of a sudden you like look up is anybody watching me? Yeah. Is there nobody? Wa- and you, you know, you dust yourself off. Nobody was watching me and just keep living your life. No, I mean, it's, it's always embarrassing when you fall, like, you, cause you have to kind of like pretend like it's, you know, oh, 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 but if you're really in pain, which I often men when I fall, cause I'm getting older now. I sneeze so, and I get hurt. I was, uh, last week was, and, and we, we didn't record last week, uh, COVID protocol. So we had mm-hmm. to skip a week, but it was really icy. You guys remember that day that it was essentially like an ice storm here in Denver and yeah, it just it was, was like black yeah, ice yeah. everywhere. So I'm walking with my laptop out of my house, right? And, and this is before I realized how slick it was everywhere. And I hit the, a, a spot on my driveway, completely fall, but you know how like instinct kicks in and you just like do everything you can to protect like your laptop or your baby or whatever you're holding? Well, you're <laughs> not, my, not my baby, but my electronics. <laughs> Definitely right, my there, electronics. There you go. Very so, instinctual for your... Right. So I, so I did that and uh, I c- I completely really balled up around my laptop and just slammed down on the side of the... Hit my head on the on the sidewalk oh, it was no. yeah it was really bad it, it, it hurt like hell so you so. sacrificed skull for but, but my laptop was okay upgrade. it was perfectly fine okay. so then, then i proceeded to get up and i could not get up my driveway did you do the look up did, <laughs> did like you that? do the yeah, look around bad. yeah it was that bad did you do the look around <laughs> is anybody watching <laughs> of course, of course. Saw. Of course <laughs> first thing you gotta do because you don't care about yourself so much as like am i embarrassed yeah no fine. yeah exactly well right. first thing i looked was i checked my laptop but then uh, but then of course i look around yes that, that's exactly the second thing i do and, and then thirdly i care about the health of my head so mm. no uh, bumps on your it, head this it, morning no no we're this good morning, this afternoon and i got a nice haircut see this going fresh on yeah, fresh yeah fresh very mm. professional mm. so okay all right well uh we got a guy show for you today we're uh, gonna talk some avalanche who are absolutely on fire right now we do have nhl expert tyler walging in the studio to talk a little hey he's up on the expert but, uh, <laughs> let's go yeah hey, abs so have been hot the abs have been hot, hot. we're gonna we're that gonna hansel so hot right now <laughs> he so really hot. is oh yeah <laughs> he really is uh we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the just a little bit about the bronco head coaching candidates they've mm. they've narrowed it down to three finalists so we'll, Love it. we'll brush on that we'll talk a little bit in a nfl playoffs and possibly a controversial rule change i don't know uh we'll go there and then we'll also touch a little bit on the hall of fame baseball hall of fame which came in yesterday and just talk a little tough. bit about those results tough well, you guys are talking <laughs> baseball a little we're, baseball we're gonna yeah. attempt yeah. i may i may take a nap during that time you it's guys all can about, wake me up after it's all but, about the uh, attempt yeah okay but first Nikola Jokic is on another level. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. 
start things off with a stat of the week for you. Right. And actually, I'm going to cheat a little. I got multiple stats oh, of the week. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. There's, there's a rule. There's Cheating. a rule. Here you know, we go. Barry Bonds cheated. Look where he got him. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Nikola Jokic <laughs> just had his 10th Western Conference Player of the Week, which ties Carmelo Anthony for the most in a Denver Nuggets uniform. In that time, he averaged 36 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists over the week. Uh, and he is absolutely just killing it. Uh, you got another one? No, well, I, I do. You said we there's rules here. We no, rules. go ahead. You got the music playing. Just play. All right, all right. <laughs> so for all those out there that might say, oh, you Joel Embiid, he's, he's a little bit better than Nikola Jokic, I just want to throw this at you. Nikola Jokic has a better rebounds per game, assists per game, assists per turnover ratio, steals per game, three-pointers per game, true shooting percentage, field goal percentage, defensive field goal percentage, offensive rating, defensive rating, win shares, offensive win shares, defensive win shares. Jesus, Connor. Box plus minus, offensive box plus minus, defensive box plus minus, and PER than Joel Embiid this season. So well, stats. <laughs> I told lot, you I had some for you. Repeat that, that better than Embiid. You said, <laughs> <laughs> say it ten times fast. Oh, that was no, good. I mean, hey, Nikola Jokic is absolutely on another level right now. He is, he is unstoppable. This man is Steve Nash's passing ability Whoa. with Dirk Nowitzki's shooting ability. Uh oh. And Tim Duncan's rebounding wow. ability all rolled into one. Whoa. What say you, Nick? Is Nikola Jokic right now the best player on the planet? As a Denver homer, hard. <laughs> My obvious answer is yes. People would agree. People would disagree with you. Currently, right now on DraftKings, fourth highest in regards to MVP back to back. It's tough to get the back to back right now. Plus four hundred behind Giannis, Steph, and I want to say Gian. Joe Giannis. Sorry, Giannis. <laughs> God, love and Joel Embiid. But man's on fire. He is the sole reason that the Nugs are where they're at. Love to watch that guy play. It's crazy. And uh, here, here's a little bonus for you, too. Just a, just a sprinkle bonus stat of the week Ooh, for you. A little bonus. Should we play the music? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so right now, Nikola Jokic, if he ended his career right now, would be number Don't one. Would be number one in NBA history in field goal percentage from three to ten feet. So his career is 56% from three to ten feet. This year, he's 59%. Okay? Just to put that in perspective, here's some other all-time greats in terms of their three to 10 foot field goal percentage. Akeem Olajuwon, 47%. Tim Duncan, 46%. Shaquille O'Neal, 43%. Kevin Durant, 45 And Joel Embiid, 41 Just to, Just to put a little perspective on that number, on how crazy that is. And a lot of those those people had great teams with a lot of other scores around mm. them. I mean, look, a lot of times it's a one-man show with the Nugs. So that's even more, I mean proof i think that Jokic is on that next level and he needs to get more respect i think nationally and and, and you know the, that little thing that everyone loved to, to to bash him for last year his defense he has turned into a positive you could absolutely make the argument this year that he is approaching that level of top tier defender now he's not going to ever you know fly, he's not going to ever block the ball into the fifth row 
right? That's just not him. He's not he's not Joel Embiid who's going to jump up and 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 make you pay for it at he's the rim. He's wiry, uh, but he leads all centers in deflections. He's oily. <laughs> he's oily. He, he's among the leaders in blocks. He leads all leaders in pass deflections. He leads all all centers in in steals. Uh, he, and he leads all centers in intimidating brothers Ooh. who will always step in at yes. the right time. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. This is very true. See, we we give you facts here on Red Rock Sports. So <laughs> we give you fact on uh, the Red Rock Sports. I mean, I mean look, man, <laughs> we give you the, the only facts. You'll with Jokic, you mess with the Jokic brothers. Yours is much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I think everyone's is much better than yours, it's other fine. than mine though. It's no good. Uh, look, man, Nikola Jokic right now is number one in the NBA in terms of uh, made field goals. So he has the most made field goals in the NBA. He is seventeenth in field goals attempted. Mm. I mean, what? How can you possibly look at this man? I mean, you look at the traditional stats. You look at the advanced statistics, right? That the sabermetricians love out there. Ooh, sabermetrician. Is nice. that a word? Did I? Did well, I like it. Yeah, I mean, right. it's very it's nice. for it to be a word, if not. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I just don't understand how anybody looks at this season Nicole is having and and doesn't say he's the best player in the world. Well, I really don't get it. I, right I think it's a different conversation. Who wins the MVP? Or like uh, producer Soaps brought up, who's the, the favorite right now on DraftKings for the MVP? Because... That's a different discussion. If you're going to talk about intrinsically who's the best player, who helps their team the most, who's the most valuable to their team, to me, it really isn't uh, a question. I mean, Jokic, to me, clearly is that player in the NBA. If you take him off the Nuggets compared to taking anyone off any other team, I think you have the biggest impact here in Denver. But the voters want a good story. They don't want to give it to how they see a boring Jokic again for the second year in a row. So I think that it is about, because that's how people think about it nationally. You hear these shows, these, you know, talking about, well, he's got good fundamentals. He's got, you know, so I think that a lot of that is about what the writers want, what the voters want, and they would rather vote for Steph Curry or, you know, even makes it tough because you could have said last year that Steph Curry, per your argument, Tyler, was the most valuable player in regards to like wins losses for his team. And so when we talk about story, things like that, I think it comes down to where the team is at also and how much yeah. extra value. I think uh, last year, I I want to say that uh, Golden State was in the playoff game and needed a big, big win. And I think they I think they were ninth. And yeah, they, they got the ninth seed. I'm pretty sure yeah. in the play in game. Yeah, yeah, they were in the playing game and it. it it's not so it's hard because from our perspective as Denver fans, you can say, Hey, he's obviously clear cut the best player for his team. But when you compare that to last year, it, I think it comes down to consistency in regards to what you can provide a team night in and night out and where you end up finishing at the end of the season. Yeah, so. fair enough. Um, by the way, you know how last year it's last year. They added the rule, right? Where the ninth yeah. team gets in, in the playoffs. I call that the Nelson rule. Ninth and 10th. Ninth and 10th. Right. Exactly. Everyone gets in now. I call that the Nelson rule because remember back in elementary school when you used to pick teams, there was always a kid named Nelson who was picked last. <laughs> well, now Nelson gets to play. It's like the NBA is allowed. See, in Nelson my school, there was a kid named Connor who was picked last. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, Nelson. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it. We'll, we'll go with the Nelson. Connor rule then. We'll go with yeah, Nelson. Yeah, the anyway. holes rule. See, I yeah. thought you were going with Nelson because of the TV ratings. Oh, now, that's Nielsen. why I thought you were going oh, with Nielsen. Nielsen. But that's Nielsen. Yeah, okay. Yes. All right. All right. Fair but, enough. Much like but Giannis. I agree with what uh, Nick was saying. You know, in terms of the story and it doesn't, imp- the success of the team has a big impact. If the Nuggets happen to finish, let's say top two, 
in the West. Top four? Top I'd say three. Top four, even, really. Does Jokic have an argument to get the back-to-back? So. Oh, I, I, I think, I, not only that, I think if he keeps playing at this level, right? Granted, obviously, things are contingent upon the rest of the season, but if he keeps up this level and the Nuggets finish with a top four seed, I, I think it will be almost impossible for these voters not to vote for him. But I, I think it's the opposite. I think it's if Steph Curry keeps his season up and Golden State gets top four seed, it's going to be tough for anyone else, despite what the Nuggets now, do. Now, you Steph know, Curry, the, despite it, what I said a couple of weeks or about a month ago, I guess now, uh, you know, with the narrative and, and to your point, Tyler, that narrative is a big thing, of course. And he just broke the all time three point record. Uh, but he's really fallen off uh, in terms of his production and in terms of his view with the voters right now. I mean, you go look at NBA.com's MVP ladder or even ESPN's rankings right at this point. Um, they're actually he. I mean, he's fallen out to the fringe top five. He's, he's not playing very well. He's in a slump. But I think I think the bigger issue is it's really tough to win back to back MVPs. It is. Yeah, I think there's yeah, exactly. ten. I think there's ten, nine or ten total back to back MVPs lifetime. Going back to like Larry that, Bird. There's I, that many. I'm, I, yeah, I'm I would have guessed. It was yeah, the I've under got 10. the I've got the list. So I guess let me count. But list. Uh, yeah, list. Giannis. Uh, yeah, Giannis. Uh, Did Yanni win back to back? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, Steph. Uh, let's see, LeBron, LeBron, uh, LeBron. Steve Nash, Dude, LeBron's Tim having a, LeBron's having. I quite know it's a ridiculous, year. but see that that goes to my point where you can play out of your mind, but if your team sucks, Russ, yeah, tough to go. Uh, MJ, Russ. obviously, Larry Legend, Magic Johnson, Moses Malone. What does that put me at? Um, I think that puts me at and Wilt Chamberlain. So maybe that's what did I say? Ten. I mean, it's getting up there. That's more than I would have thought. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, seventy-five it, years it in the is, NBA. It's it's fair that it's a it's a pretty tough thing to happen. I mean. Obviously, voter fatigue is a real thing. If it wasn't, yeah, their then, hands get really tired. There's lots of vote on. <laughs> it's tough to write the same name twice, two years in a row. Nah, they, they just don't want to do it. I mean, if if you really look at if the if the deserving MVP winner got it every year, then LeBron would have had plenty of more MVPs, and so would have so would Michael Jordan, for example. I mean, at some point, the voters are just like, okay, we can't give it to LeBron every single year. Although I kind of push back against that. I I, I don't think that's a good way to think about it, but. Uh, it is what it is. So I, I get it. It's it's very possible he doesn't win it this year, but he is having an unreal season. Uh, I think we can at least all agree on that. Uh, I do want to get to a little bit. Uh, I want to get to a couple statements that the Nuggets have made recently. Michael Malone has called him the most disrespect, one of the most disrespected MVPs of all time. Obviously, hundred like, percent. He's a 100%. he's a coach, just amping up his player a little I bit. Agree but with that though, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. and and uh, think even maybe more what I want to get into. Aaron Gordon specifically, a few games ago. God, his afro is amazing. <laughs> it is great. Isn't that so nice? It is fantastic. Yeah. And so are the braids. I mean, oh, I mean you know, either way, it's he can do no wrong. Yeah, he he looks great either way. Uh so almost as good as your haircut, Connor. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank Connor's you. more of like a fade guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I am not faded. Uh Aaron Gordon a few games ago, he lashed out against the NBA officials in a, in a post-game interview uh for Nikola Jokic to get more foul calls. And so I'm just going to read you a quote from Aaron Gordon, all right? Ooh, I would love okay. to hear your guys' okay. reaction on okay. it. Okay, go ahead. Are you going to read it in your voice or Aaron Gordon's voice? No, it's it's do Aaron voice. Gordon. Okay. Oh. We're going to do my voice, all right? I'm not... I'm not I'm not, not my I'm favorite not choice it. you've ever made, but certainly not the worst choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not a... Uh, yeah. Probably a good business decision, just not... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. go. Yeah. So here we go. Here's go the quote on. from Aaron Gordon. It's crazy that Yoke doesn't get more free throws. Yoke was three for three from the free throw line tonight. That's unbelievable. The fact that Yoke was three for three from the free throw line is just not even right. He's fouled every play. Obviously, the refs aren't going to call it every play. They're all over his arms. They're all over his body. They're just grabbing him. He's just not officiated the same way as everyone else. 
It's not right, man. He's the reigning MVP of this league, and he's getting three free throws a game, still doing, and he's still doing what he's doing. But he needs more foul calls because they're fouling. It's not like begging. It's not asking for something that's not there. Mm. We're just asking for him to be officiated like everybody else is being officiated because that's just not right. He's being fouled all the time, and he needs more foul calls. Walge, thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, he gets hacked all the time. I think I think it's just a natural thing, though. When you're not flying to the basket, the way he plays, if it, you know a little foul here, foul there. I don't know. It's so sure you're, you're the ex referee. Am I wrong that it's like easier to make the calls? Yeah, that is an it, interesting take. Like Nick, a, Nick over here does have uh, plenty of experience refereeing. He's basketball. a yeah, he's a really he's a really tough guy to officiate. He's flaily. He's floppy. He's oily, his arms. He's as we've he's, established. He's oily. Yeah, <laughs> that replacement? He's, he's wiry. As Nicola says, what, what is a flailing? What is a flailing? <laughs> so, mean? so you know what I'm saying? Like he's when he gets the ball, and, you know, you maybe get a little slap on there. You know, I mean, watch the game, right? I mean, like he's a seal with a with a yeah. one, of those bull, one of those balls. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, he's always playing the foul call. He's got a very, very much a. Um, Oh man, his name. Who's the lefty from San Antonio? Uh, Ginobili. He's got a very Manu. Ginobili game, right? Yeah. Where every everything looks questionable, and he's just he's just a tough guy to officiate. To give you more like a perspective in regards to foul attempts per game, he ranks twenty second in the league at five point four six fouls per game. Joel Embiid, ten point eight nine leads the league. Right? Leads the league ten point eight nine at ten. Um, he leads the league. So Jeremy Grant, fifteenth. 6.08. So I think there's something to be said for maybe not necessarily playing tougher, but certainly being less expressive in regards to when he thinks he gets the call. So I just, as somebody that refed very low level sports things, it's just a tough guy to officiate. That's what I think. No, I have a little, I like that take Nick. I got a, I got my own little take on it um, in terms of why he doesn't get the foul calls. I think what we're seeing is a little bit of the, uh, a little bit kind of of the Shaquille O'Neal effect. And you would see this with Shaq back when he played. He's just so dominant and so unstoppable that people do feel like they need to be very physical and very, you know, right up on him, slapping his arms, getting away with whatever they can get away with just to try to stop him. Uh, And I think in a similar way that is different, but in a similar way to Shaq, he's just so good at finishing through contact that I think it's tough. It's tough to call the fouls all the time because he he makes it look so good. He he goes right through contact and puts it in all the time. Well, come on, um, no but I like that. With coupled with what Nick just said about how he is a tough guy w- w- in terms of all his flailings and floppings and stuff like that. That sometimes I think maybe that makes the refs want to are inclined to give it to him a little bit less. Well, but. and these refs are doing pregame things like, hey, look for this. This is what he does when he flails. Right. Like this is kind of where it's at. I mean, and to put it in perspective of how incredibly strong. Jokic is Markeith Morris is still out. He's starting to practice. So 36 to, games missed now. Yeah. And so he's a really wow. big guy. So when you just sort of couple that with the fact that you, you know, you see these smaller guys on him, like flailing at him and a big guy, it's always tougher for them to get a call. So I just think, and yet Joel Embiid leads the league in free throws. Yeah, but he doesn't play the same sort of basketball style in regards to getting position, squaring up, sort of where he catches the ball at. Generally speaking, it's 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 just a different. They play different games, even though they're the same size. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's fair. Now, since well, Aaron, Aaron, oh, sorry, so, say well, I'm just thinking. I mean, does I I don't watch a whole lot of Sixers basketball, but. I would assume Embiid's also getting the ball down on the block more. I mean, closer to the basket compared to 
Jokic who so made the ball, so the, the Joel Embiid is number one in the league in terms of post ups, and Nikola Jokic is number two. Yeah, okay. it just it's it, the Maybe. the offense doesn't necessarily. It, it's tough because Ben Simmons is usually in there facilitating. Jokic, the offense, the entire offense runs through Jokic, and so he just has so much more of a usage rate. And not to say that that Embiid does not, but so much more of decision making is made through Jokic in regards to what he does and does not do. So there's, in his perspective, Jokic's perspective, there's more of a chance, there's more opportunities for him to get fouled, driving to the lane, things like that. Yeah, and and you know, two to both of your points, uh, they are number one and number two in terms of uh, post up points in terms of points from from the post position. Um, Jokic is obviously number one in assists from the post-up position. Um, but the, the Jokic also takes the ball a lot, to your point, Tyler, and Nick kind of just mentioned this, from the top. Uh, he'll, he'll take it from the top of the key. He'll take it from beyond the arc, right? And so since everything runs through Jokic, they'll, they'll run a lot of pick and rolls from beyond the three-point line. They'll run a lot from the short corner. They'll run a lot from, from the key and the elbows. So really, Jokic is, I would say he is um, a lot of post-playing, but he does more, right? To your point, so there is a little bit of that. But man, I still tell you, it's uh, it's it is something watching watching these games. He gets hacked all the time, man. It certainly it's, does it's feel like as an MVP, he has to work significantly harder to get foul calls that somebody like a LeBron, like a KD, would not get. And so, and since so, I, w- I do want to say this. So since Aaron Gordon has mentioned it, now the sample size is only four games. But since Aaron Gordon went on that long tirade about about foul calls, uh, Jokic is averaging nine free throws a game in those four games. Before that, it was five and a half free throws. Wow. So do you think he did anything? I mean, did it did it wake anybody up? Is there something behind the scenes going on? Because he does seem to be going to the line a little bit more. Well, I mean, and I th- but, but that's a nod. To, I think that historically that's worked. I mean, coaches like Greg Popovich are famous for this. Like he doing a lot of that poking and jabbing in the press conference. You know, you we always think of coaches doing this during the game, talking to, to the referees. Right, right, of course. To, it happens outside. So hopefully it did help. Hopefully he's getting the respect he deserves. I mean, I oh, think so. And, and put some respect, no respect on that, man. Put some oh. respect on his And man. you know, Jokic was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went old school Roddy Dangerfield and Soaps goes new school. Put yeah. some respect on that. Put some respect on that man's name. <laughs> that was something. Yeah, uh, that was something. <laughs> Your impersonations are uh, horrible. Are on point. What I'm what I'm finding uh, out is how horrible my impersonations are. Mm, okay. Okay. You know, I specialize in impersonations, so maybe I can come on the show another time. If we Jared's ever have, if and, we ever have two hours, you can yeah. give us your. Uh, I can do some. What, what are the? Ones. What's that story you have? The the the. Herman, Herman and Berman. Yeah. No, no, we are not. Let's just explain to the audience so they know what's going oh, on. God. I sometimes do stand-up comedy, oh, and that's one of my closing jokes. It's a two-hour... We're talking Dave Chappelle status. Yeah. We're talking Dave Attell. Let, me just, let me just save everybody time some time. time. You can say that. Let you me just save everyone some time. It's a five-minute joke that has zero point uh, at the end of it. No, it definitely has an ending. Oh, God. Hold on, but I do have something about Jokic. I think I have a business idea for him. Jokic needs to partner with a breakfast shop, like a breakfast, like a snooze or a one. Anyway. Rosenberg's bagels. Well, Rosenberg's underrated. Okay. The Jokic. That place is amazing. By the, the Jokic. Okay, so it's like egg, like over easy, and it's called like the the yolk okay. itch sandwich. And it's named after. Do I really want an itch yogurt. sandwich? Well, yolk. I mean, that's that's really it's like a, a runny. Thing. It's like a runny okay. egg. Runny bacon. egg, yeah, a little over easy. Maybe some bake. Maybe some hash because he gets hacked. Yeah, the hash. Maybe we can do something there. All right, Call hey. me, Nicole. I think, I think, we'll, get, we'll get this worked. <laughs> out. I think you're reaching a little bit. Regardless, hey, 
Uh, uh, I do think, Jokic. I, I do hope that right. he can start Super getting ready. more foul calls. We'll see if, if, if that made any difference. Jokic was actually asked about this. Um, so it's funny that that specific game that Aaron Gordon uh, went off afterwards, uh, Jokic had a tech and um, actually, no, this was the game afterwards. It was in the game where he went 49 points against the Clippers. Mm. Um, great game, by the way. Great game for, for Yoke. So I get the 50, though. Connor, close. Connor hosed me out of, I would say, probably like 50 no, bucks. What happened? There. What happened? Uh, well, you know, Connor and I are just kind of chatting via text, and he says, you know, Nuggets didn't get to 100 points first, so generally speaking, they lose, whatever. I say, Connor, I don't have any money in my DraftKings. Will you throw $20? He says, no. I say, Connor, why? And then at that point, it was done. They yeah. came we, had like a, we had like a 15-second window to get this through, and I was like, why can't you just throw it? He goes, oh, so so you guys wanted <laughs> to make a bet, and Connor could He wanted me you know to make Connor a bet for him. You know how okay. Connor is. Yeah. That's okay. I was, I was missing the, the yeah. link there, so you guys missed the opportunity to make the live bet. Rather than, yeah, so, rather than deposit the money, the whole thing, I just assumed Connor had several thousand dollars <laughs> in his DraftKings. Which I did not. <laughs> that, was a, that was a poor assumption on your that's part. Fine. He, he, uh, he often does, but then it's gone very quickly. <laughs> that's that's true. As quick, just like any gambler story, as quick as it goes up, as quick as it's gone. Exactly. So during that 49-point game against the Clippers on NBA TV, no less uh, actually was it espn i don't know it was national televised game it's a lot of letters yeah i think it was espn actually I think right, so yeah. yeah anyways so during that game Jokic had a, a moment where he was getting grabbed he he knocked a guy knocked down because he's just smaller than Jokic when he was trying to go for a rebound and the guy bounces off him falls falls over Jokic goes for the putback and this guy on the ground is wrapping his arm around his leg like, right? a, like a child who doesn't want to leave the amusement park. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. And so Jokic goes off. I mean, I mean, he starts going, and I'm sure all of our listeners that watch the Nuggets saw this, but he goes off. He starts kind of taking a couple aggressive steps towards the ref, and Michael Malone just sprints out and gets between Jokic and shoves him back, probably saves a second tech, and probably saves the game for the Nuggets, as it turns out. Uh, anyway, so Jokic was asked after the game if he felt that that tech, because he, then he got a whole bunch of free throws after that. He did. I mean, that's just the facts. So they, they asked hashtag facts. They asked <laughs> Nikola. They asked Nikola afterwards. Do you think that that technical foul did something? Because all of a sudden you start going to the line, and and of course Nikola Jokic, he's so honest sometimes at his press conferences. It's one of the things I love about him. He just looks and goes, "Well, I don't know. Uh, I it worked. So yeah, I would say so. Yeah, worked, like so I, yes. I went to the line oh, ten times so. afterwards. If he so, dies. He dies. So I would say. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you tell me, he goes, so you tell me it, it looked like it worked. So, I mean, obviously you don't usually get that from players. They don't want to admit that something like that worked because mm-hmm. then, uh, then an official is going to be like, okay, next time that's not working on me. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's great. So we hope that, that he starts getting some more free throws. Cause if he did, man, I tell you what, he'd, he'd lead the league in scoring. If he got enough Whoa, free throws called, I'll take, I mean, what that's is he right spicy. now? Sixth in the league in scoring? Like, I mean, he's somewhere in the top 10, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. So, I don't know. It's it, it's something, man. Uh, I do want to get a little bit more here. So, so we want to talk a little more nuggets. I'm going to move on from... Do you guys say anything else about Nikola? No? Well, I, I have a couple more business ideas, but maybe I'll just no. save it for <laughs> some DMs on Twitter. <laughs> save yeah. it for the... Although he doesn't have a Twitter, so you're going to have to reach well, out yeah. to the Jokic I say, I will say Jokic is a sexy pick for back-to-back MVP. I think oh, he was like... Dude. What did we say a couple shows ago? Like, plus... He was over a thousand. Oh no, I had him when he was. Pl- I got him plus nine hundred a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, yeah, nine to one. I don't think he's gonna. I think right it. now. No, he's, I don't think. I so think right either. now he's less. I think he's like plus five hundred. Plus four hundred. Four hundred. You think you there's go. a chance he gets it, Connor? Oh, I think so. You yeah. Want to make a bet with me with with some odds? I'll make you almost any bet. Yeah, let's that make he's a bet. Top, any bet that he's, he's top two. That he's top two. Ooh. Should we do cash or should we do something to redeem as content on the podcast where I can come back and do something like one of us? Mm. 
Like, uh, oh, you know what? Let's think about it. Let's get okay. back to the next show, and we'll we'll right. we'll have you on. We'll we'll talk just a little bit about this bet. Let's put an we'll L bookmark in it. All right. So, uh, Nuggets also uh, have some other things going on for him. Um, <laughs> they uh, made some moves. They got Bryn Forbes in here, uh, who was from San Antonio, and uh, he's a he's obviously he's a sharp shooting. Uh, player he's a sharpshooter from three that's really why they brought him in yeah he's a he's a is that what he's referred to as or is so that he's his a, thing on nba 2k so i believe <laughs> that's his that's his little number <laughs> he's his got logo. a three yeah <laughs> he's got a three next <laughs> sharpshooter that, that's exactly it yeah he's got the three so i believe he's a 43 percent career three-point shooter he's 41 percent this year uh definitely gives the nuggets some depth on their bench which has been quite frankly abysmal uh this season and understatement so, abysmal right understatement I, I totally agree with you nick tragic uh, so mm. he he got traded. He's he's looked a little, he's looked pretty good in his first few games. He hasn't really found his shooting stroke yet. He is um, he's only shooting thirty percent in a very small sample size with the Nuggets. But you know, shooters shoot. I would anticipate that comes back around. Uh, Nick, have you, you you watched some of these games? What do you think about Brent Forbes? And what do you think about his overall fit in the Nuggets? It's just way too early. You've got to get used to how Jokic plays. He's the man. It's a totally different system. He'll come around. I think it, you just hate to judge a guy based on three games will he eventually be on the forbes top 100 maybe top 50 Ooh. Definitely not on the Forbes Top 100. Oh, I, <laughs> if he gets good enough, who knows? I just think you've got to give a guy time to settle in. You're you still have Murray coming back. You've just got to give him time. Let him get comfortable in his role. It's all about fit. It's all about fit. So how does he fit come playoff time? We know at this point the Nuggets are making the playoffs. I hate to judge a guy. Anybody that Tim Connolly likes, for the most part, I generally tend to think is a pretty good move. So, Hey, that's fair. No, that's fair. I, I, I like the move. I think the Nuggets were very badly missing some shooting off their bench, especially right now before Jamal Murray and Michael, maybe Michael Porter Jr. comes back this year, we're hoping. Um, when are they coming back? Now, uh, so, you know, the, the word on the street, if you will. On the street. What's <laughs> what's going on on the street? 16th or like Colfax yeah, or something like that. <laughs> All the above. Yeah. Uh, so the word is that they're looking for kind of end of February, beginning of March for Jamal Murray, maybe. Now, granted, the Nuggets, from an official standpoint, say that there is no timeline. They are not rushing Jamal Murray back, that he's going to be back when he's back. That's all they'll get uh, from the Nuggets. But there, uh, people are speculating that it's uh, they're looking at kind of an end of February, beginning of March. And then Michael Porter Jr. Uh, is a little trickier uh, with a back injury. Uh, they're looking towards end of March, potentially. So you'll probably get potentially maybe up to a month of play with Jamal Murray okay. and then maybe just like a week or, or so with, with Michael Porter before the playoffs. Uh, so right. with that said, uh, Bryn Forbes brings obviously some shooting to a bench that really needs it at this moment in time, especially right. Um, but it does it, it does kind of drop off the defense a little bit. He's not known for a defender. He's pretty small. I mean, he's 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 not uh, Marcus Howard small, but he's like six two, I believe. Uh, doesn't have a great wingspan or anything like that, like Bones Highland does. So uh, I, I don't think he's. Let's just put it this way: he's definitely not brought in here for his defense. He's brought in here or to, to clearly shoot. his wingspan, or, or his wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Okay. That's correct. So. Uh, I think the the rotation. I think he's going to end up. I mean, the question is, where does he fit on the bench, right? And and he's going to have to cut into one of the following's minutes. He's going to have to cut into some combination of Facu, Facundo Campazzo, Austin Rivers, Bones Highland. I mean, that's really when it comes down to it. Those three players are the position where he plays, and so he's going to cut into one or more of them. It looks like right now, 
Uh, just judging off the first few games, it looks like Austin Rivers is going to be that man out. I wish Michael Malone would take out Facundo Composo, to be quite honest Whoa, with you. Connor. I, do, I, I love Facu. Yeah, I'm, a big, I'm a big Facu fan, but uh, hey, man, uh, he, by a significant margin, has the the biggest minus in the plus minus of any player on a team that's 500 or more. See, and I think plus minus isn't necessarily... I know you hate it. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say I hate it, but I certainly think it's not a true measure of a player's value on the court. Maybe over the course of a year, you could probably now, talk Now, in Faku's case, do you think that do you think that my assessment is wrong, that Faku should be the one that sits? You know, I think what it does is I think Bryn Forbes gives the Nuggets abilities to, to choose matchups based on who they're playing. I don't think it necessarily who's going to eat into whose minutes based on every given day. I think it, it gives Michael Malone the ability to start players that he thinks are going to be a better fit for who the other team has out. That's now what it, I think. It does. Now, the one thing I would say to that is Michael Malone hasn't done that in, in like historical. I mean, he did early on with the Kings a little bit, um, but with the Nuggets, he's kind of seemed to be this coach that wants to just play a rotation. He seems to be a really, he's even been on record actually as saying guys like rotations, guys want consistency and that's the way I coach. You know, I mean, he's not really a coach that does that. So I, I like the idea. It's an interesting idea, but do you really think we see that? I think based when you go into the playoffs, I think that certainly changes. I don't necessarily think that it it's more indicative of Austin Rivers. And I, I'm not the biggest Austin Rivers fan, but there's certainly attributes that he does bring in regards to energy, tempo, things like that. Do I think that Facundo Campazzo is some is, is a guy that you want playing? I mean, he's currently playing almost 22 minutes a game. So I don't necessarily think that if you're playing Facundo Campazzo 22 minutes, that's a recipe for success. So, so Nick, what do we, what do we have for a, a typical playoff rotation? We got ten, nine players, about seven it? or eight. I think. I think as it gets closer, you you settle down to seven. It's usually about eight. I think tighten eight. those screws, tighten it up, mm-hmm. righty tighty. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, I. Uh, so they say. I could see. Mm-hmm. I could see the Nuggets going nine potentially in, in in this well it depends i guess if michael porter jr is back or not um and it depends on the matchup right i mean no, i don't think so for the playoffs i really no. don't i don't think much i mean i think i think in terms of matchup oriented in the playoffs that's where you might see if boogie cousins who we're going to talk about in a second right. if he's still around someone like that you would definitely throw him out there in some matchups but you definitely would not when when other teams go small off their bench which you know honestly when you see playoff basketball, they tend the rotations obviously shrink and they tend to get bigger. I mean, people tend to kind of throw in their like guys. every player grows a couple inches. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Wingspan. Yeah, how did you know? I think uh, it's one of those things where trading Bull Bull for a guy like Bryn Forbes allows you the ability to have somebody that if you need points and you need offense, he gives you the ability to do that and maybe go against the grain of what your team has been starting or playing throughout the course of the regular season. Again, does Michael Malone perhaps coach differently? I think Tim Connolly wants to give Michael Malone options. That's what I think. That's fair. So you, when we look at like a, a potential playoff rotation, right? We got uh, Jamal Murray, if he's back. Uh, then you got Will, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, um, Aaron Gordon, uh, Nikola Jokic and probably Jeff Green. Uh, oh, I guess playing it, nice. I know I'm not the biggest Jeff Green fan, but he's been he playing is playing. Nice. He's playing really nice right now. Uh, so God, he looks I, 25, but I, he actually looks 55. And you I know actually, what I mean? <laughs> and I'm gonna say yes. Uncle Jeff is looking looking nice. He's, he's Uncle uh, Jay. Uncle Jay. I like Jamal Murray's that tweet. The other night I like nice. I like Jamal Murray's tweet last week. He said every time Uncle Uncle Jeff dunks the ball, he gets younger. 
Mm. That's what he says. He gets, he gets a little younger every time. So, uh, no, so I think actually, and I'm going to say this, this is a little controversial. Maybe? Oh. I don't know. I want to see. <laughs> Headlines. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not so controversial. Well, but I played the music, so you need to make it controversial. Uh, so, <laughs> so if Michael Porter Jr. comes back this year, I think you might see him coming off the bench this oh, year. Oh, that this was year. definitely oh, worth the music. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> a million percent. That's hot. Uh, I think so. I mean, I, I'm not sure if... Uh, now, granted, obviously, Michael Porter Jr. will be in the starting lineup at some point, right? And I think that'll be next year if he if he's back. But I could see the Nuggets wanting to not rock the boat with this starting unit. No way. Who's a, this starting unit has no played way. the third most minutes in the NBA no of way. any of any starting unit. Uh, you so have you Jamal pay Murray. someone that you, much to come You off play the Jamal Murray. No, you well, star Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. I said MPJ. MPJ. Uh, yeah, I could see that. No, so Jamal Murray. <laughs> 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 MPJ, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, see, yeah, I actually disagree with both of them. I couldn't see that. I definitely... The he's, problem is... He's the new money man. You don't pay a guy that much to come off the bench. That's like the clear answer. If he can play... This is my whole thing with, with, well, with, you with don't, football. These, if he can play then you got to start him. I don't uh, like this thing of, well, he's back, but we're going to play him five minutes off the bench and make sure it's like... Well, I think they I, will... I think go ahead, sorry. No, I, I think they will. They will ease into it. It's a back injury. This isn't... So see, here's the difference between... A, and I'm not a doctor, all right, but I'm going to put my doctor hat on. No. Uh, there is a difference. Yeah. Uh, you no. know, You know where you can get really good free medical advice these days? Twitter. You just go on <laughs> a lot of doctors on there and just yeah, post like several yeah. questions back to back. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So uh, I just see the way the way I see it is an ACL injury, right? Something like an ACL. There is a pretty concrete timeline. Now it varies a little bit, but it's like it's an ACL injury. We know how long it takes an ACL to heal. When it comes to specific back injuries, it's much more of a like how you feeling today hey, type of thing. I how you feeling tomorrow? And I've so. had back issues. Okay, I'm I'm only 32 and I've had several back issues so That's far. Tough. I gotta be careful, but let me tell you. When I sneeze too hard, sometimes you, you get a back tweak. It. Back back issues are, are bad. And yes, am I comparing me to a world class athlete? Correct. Of course you I are. Am. Yes, yes I am. Obviously. Absolutely. And uh, so that's how I feel about the back issues. With, with the Rockies hat on and the CU Buffs uh, hoodie. Let's go. Hey, I figured it's a Red Rock Sports Podcast. Yeah. Let's wrap a little bit. So, so anyways, with that said, I would not think it's the craziest thing ever if we see MPJ coming off the bench. I don't know. Uh, just for this I think playoff that is pretty run. Crazy. I, I think and, and considering crazy. how Jeff Green is playing, I could definitely see it something where MPJ starts but is the first one taken out like three minutes into the rotation. Yeah, yeah, I, I just don't see, see that. Yeah, you don't, you don't. So, so regardless, all right, I'm going to get back to, to just projecting kind of a playoff rotation here, Nick. And I want, I want your thoughts as to what you think this looks like, okay? So uh, I just named the starters, right? And, and for the sake of this argument, I'm going to put MPJ on the bench, but you could switch him with Jeff Green. So it is Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Nikola Jokic, okay? Then you got, then you got Who's your other? Th- you just said eight people, right? So who's your other three? We got MPJ, you got uh, uh, Bryn Forbes, Austin and- Rivers, Bones. I see. I don't think. No, if, now, if, who if, you if, you're, if, if if you're me, if if it's my thing, you're probably moving Will Barton to the bench. Oh, Monte Morris, by Monte the way. Morris, I, yeah, I forgot sorry. about Monte. So you got Monte Morris, MPJ, and then who's your third? rotation player on the bench you know if there's is one it a thing Zeke Naji? is if, it a if there's one thing that i'll give will barton credit for it's he's willing to sacrifice for the team no matter what it, at least it appears that way yeah, so it does. if it's something it where you're gonna if you're if it's something where you need offense you don't need i, I don't know it, it, it's hard to say and it, it all comes down to how does jamal murray respond in the starting lineup so it's 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 really tough to predict right now based on kind of what they look like i mean it, it's amazing what the nuggets are able to do with what they have 
and Michael Malone is going to be able to piece it together. How many minutes? When do you take Monte Morris out? When do you put Jeff Green in? When do you put Bones in? Do you trust Bones? So there's just a lot of factors to go in before you can actually make a decision barely over the halfway mark of the season. That's fair. Now, the last thing on the Nuggets, and then, then we're going we're gonna to move on from the Nuggets talk, is just the last player we want to talk about, Boogie Cousins, signed to a 10-day boogie. contract. Ooh, ooh, boogie. That's yeah, exactly yeah, it. makes me want to dance. Yeah. Mm. Are you guys Boogie fans? you guys like Boogie? Just don't quit your day job. Oh, trust me. I, <laughs> I, uh, For this team, no, but I was a Boogie, Boogie fan. I've now, never been. Now, now, okay, so so Boogie Cousins come in. He's played two games, I believe. Um, he has had some a little bit of a mixed bag. I've liked the kind of just with the eye test when I just look at the product on, on the court. Uh, he seems to bring a really nice toughness. It's really nice when you have a true big man on the court, right? Because teams can't just bully you inside, which sometimes tends to happen with, with the Nuggets second unit. So it is nice from that standpoint. Granted, Boogie Cousins is no defensive stalwart. Uh, and he's he's not brought in to do that. Uh, so he's really brought in to try and help space the floor, uh, guard a bigger guy, and he's brought in for his offense. I mean, right? I mean, that's why you bring in a DeMarcus Cousins. Um, so far in two games, he set some really nice screens that the the broadcasters and Alex love master. to talk about. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he is oh, setting God. some good screens, but spare me. He is two for twelve. <laughs> he's two for twelve from the field, including zero for six from three. Uh, six too many threes, but go on. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, he's a career what thirty five percent free uh, three point shooter it's really not that bad um but that's obviously not what you like to see my question to you nick is this going to be more than a 10-day contract does boogie cousins sign with the nuggets for the rest of the year or is it going to be done after 10 days prediction time i'm putting you on the spot here Ooh, on the spot nobody got to say and keep in mind the way this works with context a month from now or two months when you guys revisit this, we're not going to remember this part where where he's like, oh, Nick, no worries. No, you know, this is no... This, so this max is a big con- deal. Max what you're contract. about to say is a big deal. Max contract. No. Um, <laughs> max contract. I don't know. Does he provide toughness? Yeah. If we're talking about screens, I struggle with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What? So... Is he, I guess, a nice piece to sub out? He's playing 13 minutes a game. It's I, I hate the three-point shooting. Is he a guy I want facilitating passes? No. I Will they probably sign him to another 10-day? Probably. Who knows? And then I think at that point, I think you get two 10-days, and then you have to sign them to a right, contract. So right. they'll probably sign him to another 10-day. He was really good. It's just kind of sad to see how far he's fallen. So prediction. Mm. Is Boogie roster or is, is Boogie, Boogie roster? roster? Is Boogie, Boogie Cousins roster? on the playoff roster for the Denver Nuggets? No. No. All right. Fair enough. You know, I'm going to take the other side and say yes. I'm going to say he is. I can see him being being on the playoff roster, too. I just... I could see that. I could could also see that. (laughs) What about a thousand years from now? I could definitely see that. (laughs) Nice office reference right there. Dwight Dwight Schrute. Uh, Dwight Dwight Howard. Howard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well... I'm sure Dwight Howard would love the comparison to Dwight Schrute that you just gave him. They're the same guy. (laughs) Okay. Same, same. Okay. Same, same. Uh, I I don't know. I... Who knows? Who knows what Michael Malone wants with this guy? I mean, it's just... You probably want a guy that's going to give high energy. He's a high energy guy. He provides, you know, quick fouls. I don't know. It's just, it's just not enough minutes. It's two games. Who knows? You know, so they're just trying to piece together the season to get to the freaking. No, uh, no, no doubt. And I, I like it. I think it's intriguing. Uh, but when it really comes down to it, I think I'd rather see more minutes from Zeke Naji. To be quite honest with you, mm. um, or even a Jamichael Green. I mean, really, truly, I would, I would almost rather. I think see that both speaks more on Jamichael Green's ability on what they think of Jamichael Green if. DeMarcus Cousins yeah, in minutes. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. So we will see what happens. We will follow it here on Red Rock Sports. 
Get to us at Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. Uh, let us know uh, what you think about these Nuggets. Pretty exciting stuff. They've won seven. Uh, they've won seven of their last ten. They're hot. Looks like they're they're on a trajectory. Hot. So uh, hey. We, we hope for the best, and, and we just, uh, we're going to keep watching Nikola Jokic and not take for granted a single minute that we get to watch this man play because it is brilliant. So Brilliant. All right. Hey, I want to move. Nikola Jokic. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Before you move on, okay. I already started right. to transition there. Uh, I've got a couple uh, more business ideas for the team yes, before perfect. we move on. All right. Perfect. Let's okay. hear him. Let's hear So him. instead of Jokic partnering with a, a place, I think he should just go with Jokic's yokes, and it's a okay. breakfast shop on its own. Perfect. Right? Standalone and then, shop. Austin Rivers needs to do like some sort of like outdoor water gear, like the rivers, like like boots or like something. Like Patagonia. For fly fishing. Yes. 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 Okay, so that's Rivers. And then MPJs, PBJs. It's peanut butter and jelly. You know, underrated, underrated snack is a grilled PB&J. A grilled it PB&J. It is. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. And you put it on low. Now that's a little out there. Yeah. That's not really even out there. That's fantastic. Well, You've never tried a grilled PBJ? No, I'm, I'm not saying it sounds bad. And the key, I'm saying the key is to, cu- to, to cut it. Diagonally, <gasps> mm. oh yeah. Don't don't go. None of that half crap. That none of the half. Yeah, none of, none the, of the horizontal. It melt right? quick enough. It no. tastes better when it's cut diagonally. I agree. I'm gonna try it. Okay. okay. Grill that up. Okay. All right. Without further ado, we are gonna move on to the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche are 25, three and two in their last 30 games. Oh, they're hot. I mean, oh, just they're let that spicy. sink in for a second. How ridiculous that is. They are 25, three and two in their last 30 games, including 16 in a row on home ice. That is a franchise record. Tyler, are Honor. the Avalanche peaking too soon, or is this what we were expecting at the beginning of the season? He peaked. He peaked. You think he peaked? Um, Peaky blinders. Yeah. If, if you're a fan of Always Sunny, that's a great episode. I think he peaked too early. Um, <laughs> no. So I don't. Th- I don't really believe in peaking too early because of winning. Simply, I think it's about how you're doing it. Right. Um, if you do what the Nuggets used to do with George Carl and play a completely different style mm-hmm. that didn't translate or something like that, then it, then it's one thing. Or let's say maybe the Avs are playing. You know, their top line three, four more shifts a game than they normally right, would or they're getting right. a lot more ice time. They're just doing what they normally do and they're winning games. Now, let's keep in mind, I'm not here to rain on anyone's parade, but I think they've won 11 out of 12, right? They, they've only lost one their last 12 games. Of those 11 wins... Against the Predators, I believe. Yeah, of those 11 wins, five of them went to overtime. So we're talking about coin flip scenarios here. We're talking about, you know, I mean, look, should the abs maybe be 52, 55% in these, in these overtimes where it's three on three? Probably, Probably because yeah. the top of the abs is better than the top of a lot, a lot of other teams. Oh, and they're great on, uh, on like three on three situations. But my point is it becomes much more coin flip when you get to overtime. Okay. So the fact that five of the last 11 wins are in overtime, let's just be careful with the abs are the best team of all time. And because of the winning streak, I mean, look, I think Denver fans have a have a tendency to do this with the Avs. It's either they're ignored completely or everyone's all in for the championship. There's really no middle ground with Avs fans. So I'm here to say, yes, the Avs are one of the better teams in the NHL, but they have been all season long. This winning streak doesn't really make that the case. Quite even frankly, they've been that way for three years in a row. No, now. exactly. I mean, exactly. But look, it was essential to get back up in the standings. I think they're first right now in the Central by four points or so. With a couple games in hand. Exactly. So they're in a really good spot right now, but we knew they were this good, and that's why early in the season I think I came on, and the question was... 
should we panic? Because <laughs> the Avs were obviously we it, should panic, right? And then now it's you know uh, you know should the Avs you know are we are we seeing it too soon? So I think they're just a really really good team that's going to continue to win. Now, come end of the season, last three weeks of the year, last two weeks of the year, if the Avs have it wrapped up or it looks like they have it wrapped up, then I do want to see some of these younger guys, some of these second, third, fourth liners getting more minutes because you do kind of have to prepare for the playoffs, which the Avs have not done in the past at all. So once we get to that phase in the season, that's a different discussion. But it's like the NFL, right? The NFL, you want to split games up into every four. Now there's 17, so kind of throws things off. But you get the idea, right? First four games of the season, that's like the first quadrant. That's what you want to... You want to be 3-1, and 4-0, and and then move on to the next four. So same thing with the NHL. There's sort of times during the season where you want to make your runs and, and, and play your hardest. And keep in mind, coming up these next few weeks, the, the NHL's making up a lot of these COVID games they yep. missed at the end of December and early January. So it's crazy, the schedule. I mean, there's like five, six games a night for the next few weeks, which right. is not the case. Right. So there's a lot of games coming up. The Avs do have a very difficult schedule coming up. I think their next game is against Boston. Tonight, yeah, tonight. Uh, it's Wednesday the 26th, and I think they're playing against Boston tonight, right? Correct. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we are recording Wednesday this week. So, yeah, Boston tonight, and then uh, on the road against Chicago. But then, look, coming up in the next, like, you know, 10 games or so, Tampa, two games against Dallas. Dallas is playing really good hockey. Vegas, Boston again on the road. So, we'll see coming up how the Avs do based on the schedule. But I think, let me pull it up real quick. I have... And, you know, all these different websites have different uh, metrics for strength of schedule. Right. I think Power Rankings Guru is a good public website for this. Nice plug. And they have the Avs 21st in the NHL for strength of schedule. So the Avs have not played that tough a schedule so far. And I think the Central not being great says something for that. But it is exciting. You know, I don't think they've peaked too soon or anything like that. But they'll be fine. Now, now let me ask you a question here. So I, I like how you mentioned about... Uh, uh, how you're not really concerned about peaking too soon. What you're much more interested in is kind of stylistic play, right? Yeah, how are they playing? Yeah. How you're playing? What's your style of play? Um, now, the style of play, uh, is there a little bit of the George Carl aspect in these avalanche? I mean, obviously, they have been among the best team, if not the consensus best team for the past three years in hockey and really haven't gotten that far in the playoffs. Is there something going on in terms of stylistic play in the playoffs that is getting the avalanche into trouble? And, and if so, I mean, do you, how do you see that getting fixed this year, hopefully? Well... They, it's more mentality. I mean, you've got to ask your forwards to play defense. You've got to ask your whole team to be more physical. And the Avs have proven they can do that. I mean, look, it's not just... People think that the Avs and Nathan McKinnon and uh, uh, Miko Rantanen, like these guys are just these finesse players. These, you know, just get up and down the ice, kind of like the Edmonton Oilers, but they're not at all like that. I mean, they can be physical. They can, They've proven they can play like that and... So, no, I think it's more mindset, how you approach the games. Can you get your offense to play defense? Can you play two-way hockey? I mean, it's so amazing. Like, you see these, you know, coaches like Barry Trotz. I know it's a couple years old going to the Islanders, but they went from one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL to one of the best just by changing the way they play. And that's why the NHL is kind of different than most sports. I mean, we always talk about how it kind of closely relates to maybe soccer or basketball in some, in, in some ways. But, you know, you, you can shift your mindset and shift the way you play. And the Avs just need to start doing that on a more regular basis, I think. 
Do I think they're going to be ready for the playoffs in terms of style and everything this year? Yes, because they've learned from it. Jared Bednar has talked over and over about how he kind of wants to shift things up and, and, and be more physical, but I haven't seen it really play out. So do I think they'll do it? Yeah. Do I think that they know they need to do it? Of course, but they really haven't done it much this year. So Now, uh, now you are a professional better. By by trade, uh, sports better, and I know NHL is one of your one of your specialties in terms of what you bet on. And now I, I asked Tyler here for our audience to come ready with his his power rankings of teams. It actually, uh, and you, you could listen to his podcast. I don't know, Tyler, if you want to plug your podcast. Yeah, real quick. it's a sports betting daily. It's a, obviously a daily podcast, Monday through Friday. More concepts, learning, teaching how to approach sports betting, and then we get some picks out on the weekends. So. Yeah, and it's another Woos Media podcast, and just to remind our audience, we're out there. We are a Woos Media production, so you can check out, check us out. We have uh, There's a whole bunch of different podcasts, some sports-related, some kind of getting into other other topics as well, so uh, check them out. It's Woos Media, W-O-O-Z-E media.com. Uh, now, with that said, you are a professional sports better. Your power rankings play a really big, significant role. Um, yeah, into power rankings have been... It, it kind of and it's maybe you should hilarious. explain power rankings just a little well, bit for our, our well, listeners. Well, but I mean, everyone there. listening who knows sports has seen power rankings. Right. But that's what makes but it this so is funny. <laughs> is yeah, yeah. Power rankings. You know, the history of power rankings were to do things like this to project the actual outcome of, of games. And then you know, now you see ESPN and Fox Sports and all the CBS Sports have their own right. power rankings. They're just voting on whoever's the best. Well, and it's like who it's had like a better, who had the best now. week, yeah. who, who's who's undefeated last week, and it's hysterical to see some of the. The, the takes for those public uh, power rankings. So, but, so without wait. getting into your secret sauce, uh, it's definitely an analytical-based power rankings that it's has just, none of your opinions in it. Right, it's yeah. no opinions. It just boils everything down, exactly. So, the numbers so, and gives so I am, I am curious, from your sports betting analytical, analytical perspective, where do you have the avalanche ranked? Uh, number two. Number two. Who's yeah. number one? Uh, the Florida Panthers. Okay. Yeah, Florida is... I mean, when you look They're at... They're looking good. When you look at all the advanced, I mean, it's actually not even close this year. Florida is sort of that one team that stands above everyone, including the Avs. And, you know, you, you can't be so focused on, a, a, you know, like I said, the, the wins or the winning streak. It looks good and it's a good story, but really behind the scenes, Florida's the best team right now. But Colorado's right there. Right. You know, but this is nothing new. They've been up there top five team the last couple of years. Now, now what do you see the Avs doing at a really high level right now? What what is it that's that's fueling this winning streak? That's fueling their their place well, atop your power range. They're actually getting a lot of production from guys who we may not expect. I mean, uh Nazem Kadri is leading the team right now in points, which was not expected. Uh there's been I mean, uh, uh Bo Byram when he's played has done well. He's been hurt a lot of the year. And Newhook, Alex Newhook, who we talk, I talked about before the season started, a lot we of did. question marks about that young, and that's, I mean, if you, it's, you look back at the Avs the last 10 years, it's crazy the amount of talent they've had, and they export a lot of it. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's now a captain with the St. Louis Blues. Matt Duchesne is now, I think he's captain, if not, he's one of the highest producers for Nashville. Yep. The Avs have just cranked out talent. I mean, before Joe Sackick, after Joe Sackick, I don't know what it is with this team, they're like the best drafting team in the history of Denver sports. It's yeah. insane the it's talent that they accumulate. So not you know, to mention the Connor Timmons of the world. Exactly. The, I but, mean, but you ask questions about these young guys and they all produce over and over. So I think that's the one thing this year the Avs doing well is they're getting production from the players who we may not expect production from, which is I think a good thing because when you're talking about looking at numbers and stats and what we expect to see, 
even though seasons are 80 games, whatever, 80, 82 games, 82. you do expect things to kind of normalize. So halfway through the season, and the same thing happens in the NFL, and I know a lot of listeners right now may not be huge hockey fans, but in the NFL, let's say you get a team halfway through the season who is plus 20 in turnovers. Well, when you look at stats, you realize that turnovers, especially interceptions, are actually largely luck. You know, there's really not that much that goes into turnovers in terms of relying on it on a game-to-game basis. So what that means is in the NFL, if you get a team that's plus 20 halfway through the season, odds are they're not going to end up plus 20 or better at the end of the year. They're going to somehow regress. Same thing happens with stats in most sports. So in, in hockey... The fact that it hasn't been Nathan McKinnon and Landeskog and and, and Rantanen as much, well, I mean, Rantanen's second on the team in points, but these guys can all elevate their game. So I see only bright spots in the future because everyone who should step up on the Avs will step up. And if everyone else, all these surrounding players can keep producing, that's how you have a championship-level team. And again, as long as they change that mindset, start getting more physical towards the end of the year. But right now, I'd say the one thing to answer your question is young players, kind of the guys who may we may not have expected to step up, they're leading the team right now in Big, these wins. Biggest weakness for the Avs. Right now, it is physicality. It's when they start getting in these games and getting in these you know uncomfortable situations. Teams start hitting them, but that's like asking. I mean, the Avs really don't have many weaknesses. They are one of the more. They're the number two team in my rankings. They're one of the more complete teams in the league, and actually one of the better teams in the last several years when you compare them to historical teams. So, uh, I would say the physicality and also, unfortunately goaltending right now, now is not where it should be because Darcy Kemper came in here in the offseason from Arizona. I was high. so excited about his possibility and he has not now, now played granted he's had he's had a couple of really good weeks um, yeah, he's getting better he's for had sure some good weeks yeah. but I, that was actually the next I'm glad you brought that up because that was the next thing I wanted to roll into here I, I know uh, another part of your you're building up your sports betting is you look at a power ranking for goalies and so I was curious where do you have both of the Colorado Avalanche goalies on that list if you have it if, if it's not I it's okay do. give me just a sec here because um, oh know, wait they're right here okay so um uh, so where do I have who? Uh, both the Colorado goalies. Uh, Darcy Kemper, I have ninth overall. Okay. Which, I mean, I think that's probably higher than a lot of people would say, or the average person would assume. He's still a top 10 goalie, but I have a ninth. And then uh, Pavel France. So, I mean, look, th- there haven't been that many other uh, opportunities. Like, I think Francois played, played seven games. Johansson, before he got let go out a couple games, I'm pretty sure. So... Those are all such like we don't want to evaluate, but so you Pablo so, Franco on seven games. I mean his his GSAA, which is like an overall stat to evaluate goalies, is like like twenty third overall. So I have Franco kind of a question mark in between twenty five and forty five right now. But because we have some uh, we have some people in the Twitter universe, which as you know is full of absolute experts on every topic, geniuses, Genius. yes. genius. No mean, one's I'm, ever lost a bet on Twitter. It's uh, amazing. Yeah. If you actually take a step back, it's incredible. <laughs> So, so I've been I've been actually seeing a lot of uh, a lot of Avs fans on Twitter calling for Frankie to actually be the starter come playoff time. I mean they they're really liking what he's doing right now, and and uh, I don't know I I think that's that's interesting. I mean you obviously don't want to evaluate after seven Frankie, games. Frankie, it probably look it doesn't matter who when you start to get a lot of reps and you play a lot of games, then you see the truth. I understand how appealing it is. It's kind of like the backup quarterback, quarterback. at any college or That's something good, like that. It's a good analogy. It's, I, I don't like that at all. You look at the advanced stats. Uh, Darcy Kemper's still our best goalie. He's had by far the most time out there. It's, and as we've talked about before, the Avs defense 
didn't do him that many favors to start the season. I mean, the Avs were so focused on scoring, getting the, those top two lines going, working in that defense offensively. Keep in mind, the Avs get a lot of points from their defensive players, so I think they weren't doing him any favors to begin with. Well, and how much to, in regards to your, your Kemper ranking of being ninth has to do with more of the Avalanche defense because I know that Grubauer has really struggled and they generally tend to attribute a lot of that to the Avalanche defense. Yeah, my rankings, again, for goalies, it all goes into one big pot and this is just a variable, but my, my goalie rankings are about the goalie. I, I try and separate as much as I can what's going on around them, um, you know, because if a goalie who's not performing well goes to a team who plays good defense, and now this goalie has the best stats in the league, I want to find out where he is, and I know I've used this word before, but intrinsically, right? How actual, you know, when you get through all the nonsense. Yeah, when you isolate the noise. Yeah, yeah. When you isolate the noise. Exactly. How, how is, is the he? actual goalie affecting winning? So that's right? what, yeah, so that's what I try and do here, and I think that if, if, if I'm drafting a team, Right now, I would take him ninth of any goalie in the league. So, based on what he does, reaction time, you know, I mean, there are still different styles for different goalies. I yeah. mean, but I, but I do like him a lot. And, and I think that nine rating is very, very fair. Okay. Now, now, do you think the Avalanche should potentially look to add anything at the trade deadline uh, in terms yeah, of goaltending? I know. So, a name that's been thrown out there in the media is Marc-Andre Fleury from the Blackhawks, who might become mm-hmm. available is what, what the word on the street is, apparently. Um would you like something like that for the Avs? I mean, where do you have him specifically rated? And then also just a more general question. Do you think the Avs should or will go for any goaltender help? I've got Andre Fleury 16th. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I would prefer to actually obviously have him on the roster. Um, and, and again, these backups with the Avs, I don't have a great feel about. So let's not overreact if you think I had them too low, something okay. like that. Right. They just haven't played enough for me to right, feel to play confident out on the about stats, anything. Right. But Marc-Andre Fleury, I don't know. I mean, look, statistically, I think he would be a good backup. He would be a good option. He has playoff experience. He has a lot of experience. So that would be good. And goalies and big times, they step up. We've seen age doesn't, you know, once you get in that situation, you can really elevate your gameplay. So I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But it's it comes down to what are you giving up for it? Because... We know how well the Avs have done with draft picks. We know how, what a good young roster we have on the back end. So who are you going to give up for him? Who are you going to trade away to entice Chicago to give up Andre Fleury? Or you know one of these other teams to give up a goalie? I think that's what the Avs need to do. I think priority number one should be adding that backup goalie that you feel really good about, who could even potentially fill, on, fill in on an every other night you know, somewhat basis. But that's what I think the Avs should do. Now, Nick, have you heard my uh, my theory for hockey goaltending? No. Uh, this is hysterical. Uh, <laughs> so I have this theory, all right, that what I would love to see somebody do one day. Have you ever seen that show, like like the My 600-pound life or whatever? Unfortunately, I have. Okay. If you do not lose the weight, <laughs> then you will not be able to get the surgery. I'm sure somebody out there gets that reference, but I've actually never that. seen the show. Well, you tell that. I'll uh, be right back. Tell your story. All right. So, uh, <laughs> I got to say, so I want to see somebody one day, Nick. I want to see somebody who is like that big, like that level. Oh God. Like I'm talking like, <laughs> oh like, like the massivest human, like the most massive human beings on planet earth, like the thousand pound people. Right. And just 
wheel him out there like in a freaking <laughs> wheelbarrow or something. I mean, like just get him out there on the ice, plop him right in front of because I don't know if you've noticed, but like with all their pads on and stuff, just with a regular like six foot tall goaltender, there's not a bunch of room so, with so him I just guess, sitting there. I guess, I guess the on reality, back. I guess the reality of your theory is there are always going to be essentially two or three spots that just the person cannot move to cover. Well, so they have no, to get they have to get better at his, top shelf. No, on the his contrary, theory, I think yeah. that this person can cover. 100% of the goal. Like, can literally just sit just there, does not move, not move, does not move, and you would probably have to get him off the ice somehow, right? Like, <laughs> like I don't think this guy's So gonna... what about, like, when someone runs... Like, what about when, like, the play is, like, a scrum in the middle? He's a 1,000 pounds. How much is so he going to So if he falls guy? down, who picks him up? You don't have to... You don't have to stand. He can but just But you know sit. how they run into the goalie? Like, like, what happens, like... Well, uh, correct uh, so me if I'm wrong, Tyler, little... but you can't just, you can't just um, run into goaltenders and then score a goal, Yeah, right? but it happens. No, no, that's, that's a penalty. No, 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 not that. But what I'm saying is like in the scrum where like if all the net falls off, all that stuff and like, no, he just sits, just sits. Does does he he legitimately sit? Yes. Sit. Like literally just, just go on your knees and just sit in front of the goal. So I don't know. In that case, you would not want to lose the weight. You would not want (laughs) to. No, no, you don't want to lose the weight. So I don't know. Hey, I'm still onto something. I'm still available for a job on NHL teams. If they would like my, my, I told you I'm the director of the ideas, man, or whatever. Director of conceptual ideas. is genius. Yes, that's I'm onto something, right? I don't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see the dimensions, though. The, the dimensions of uh, official NHL regulation goal, uh, 72 inches by 48 inches. So you need a guy that's six feet wide and that's four feet tall? Right. Yeah, it's six by four. Whoa. I think there's somebody that could position their body. Somebody exists. Somebody yeah. exists. All right. All right. Neither here nor there. Let me, let me no, move on a little bit. That's too. a lot bigger than like, you think about that. I mean, big, goals are big. Okay. But, but six feet take, wide. I mean, that's so, at least 600 pounds. Okay. But, but if you're Max 600 pounds, but you're also putting on, I you gotta figure so you're putting on worried about pads. that person's health. Well, no, no, but here's oh, the thing. Yeah. But you're yeah. putting on pads too. Yeah. Think about I mean, it. You're putting on pads. To Tyler's point though. It's <laughs> Can such, you imagine the, the, yeah, to Tyler's point, it's such for this person, it's such an exhaust exhaustive process to get out on the ice that's would we have to ekg them <laughs> <laughs> before each game and that they can't warm up the spectacle of watching that happen every game yeah, every, every period they would have like a team of people <laughs> go like people just have a rope around in, them like shoving them in the goal do you just, pull, do you just throw them on the ice and like put like drag them <laughs> on the I'm ice saying, yeah you get a rope you get a rope and and you, you get crane them in team. half the team is just it's just lugging the goal it's like what's eating gilbert grape like you know what i mean you <laughs> have to crane him in and just set this person yeah down. ask one of those people what they Dude, it's like it's like you're having a conversation with his buddy at the bar afterwards. So what do you do again? Uh, I, I work uh, for the abs. I I I I I, I, I shove the goalie in every every uh, period, and I, I'm I talk a, him in. Yeah, I'm responsible for overseeing the tugging now, of goalie the goalie transportation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hey, no, no, no. I let's, get, let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> I want to get to a little more abs, and then we're gonna move on. But it's, it's more great. Abs this talk. Is great. Let's do some hockey talk. I yeah. love it. No, we have Tyler here today, so I want to I want to hey, bring just a couple he, more things here. No one ever listens to me, but I want to say it anyway. Watch more hockey, people. Watch more hockey. It's fantastic. Especially if you have Gilbert Grape's mom. You, you know what? You know what I think is hysterical is how every year everyone goes, "Oh, playoff hockey." I'm telling you what, playoff hockey, something else. It's like, no, you just don't watch regular season hockey. It's all the same. Nothing's changed. Like, like is yeah. it is it more intense because the teams are better? No, what, yeah, that's to, how no, all to, the playoffs to, work. To your point, uh, as someone that's not like, I, I love hockey. I, I wish I watched it more. 
it's just the physicality. They're hitting each other. There's just a lot more like there is more physicality. There is more physicality. I'll give you that. So but it is still, different. It's not that different. Fair. It's really it's, not that can different. We, can we let them? Right. If if everything's gonna get so much softer in regards to like NFL hits, which I support the whole thing, can we just let these guys beat the crap out of each other? If they want to fight, <laughs> like the nineties, yeah, let them fight hey, each other. Oh, I love I think, it. Hey, you know, there's people out there who say fighting is antiquated, shouldn't be allowed in hockey. Where do you guys land on that? No, let them fight. You think oh, them until yeah, someone falls? It. Until someone falls. <laughs> Let them fight. Okay, I'm actually on the on the on the side of let them fight as well because the way hockey works Ooh, is a lot of self policing goes into hockey, and once you, it's a very physical sport, and you can do a lot of cheap things that'll mess people up for a long time in hockey. So if they don't have fighting, I think that yeah, I just don't want to really see. I don't want to see the Todd Bertuzzi's of the world. Away, you know, with the yeah. Steve Moore sucker right. punch on the side of the head. Away like, like, this increase increase the penalty. Like make it a ten minute penalty. I know you know it's five minute penalty, whatever. But like make the penalty longer so the fight has to really be worth it. No, you know I mean? no. I mean five minutes is you know a long time. It's a long time. Yeah, make it sure. ten so that if you fight it, it's it's worth it. I love the fighting. All yeah, right, it's amazing. No, I like it. So plus that song Five for Fighting. Oh, I'm not man to fly. Mm. Isn't that five for five? Again, don't quit your day job, Tyler Walgy. All right, Tyler you, and I, you and I struggle. I don't know why we struggle. I got a couple more questions for you related to Avs uh, before we move on. Uh, so right now, the points leader in the Avs, and I know this isn't a shock to Avs fans out there, but Nazem Kadri is leading the Avalanche, 52 points. I like to say turn on the nozzle. Nazem's coming. Nobody wish that. I wish we had, I wish we had the cricket button. You yeah. took it off. I, do we not have it on there? It's gone. Oh, you wow. need that. It's like, four, it's like four times. I we need to talk. To lose media management yet again. So I'll, I'll add that to our list: snow melt and uh, crickets. crickets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, oh, I, I ate so much shit uh, on the way over. Here. I can't. I cannot begin to tell you guys how hard the fall was. Kadri Ka- leads <laughs> leads the Avs in points this year yeah. with fifty two, uh, playing really great hockey. Obviously, I mean, even even somebody that doesn't watch a whole bunch of hockey can tell that uh, he's thirty one years old. Okay. Hey-o. So Older I want to ask you. Where did this come from? Are, are the casual fans, the casual fans out there, do they just like, do they just not know it? And this was always there, or I mean, where did this come from? And I want to know even more importantly, is this sustainable? What is happening that is allowing him to be so good this year? Uh, well, I mean, look, this guy's always been a, a scorer and an assist getter. I mean, you look back in his career, he had. 50 points in 2013. He had 61 points 2016. This is all with Toronto, by the way. A loaded team who was very offensive-minded. So there were a lot of players, except for him, you know, getting the, the, the touches. This year, it's unique. You asked me earlier the one thing that's kind of standing out from the abs, and it's the players who we didn't expect to necessarily lead the team in certain categories are. Kadri's at the top of the list for that. And while he's outperforming what he's done in the past... It's because he's surrounded with people who he can actually, he's giving them, it seems just like he's getting more opportunities. Like I just said, with Toronto, he's loaded with talent as well, but it was a lot of isolation in Toronto. He's playing on different lines. Jared Bedder's mixed lines up, and let's also remember the Avs have been injured this year. He's one of the few players who's played, I've got it in front of me right here. He's almost every game. 37 games yeah. out of 40. Yeah. Mm. So very few players have played that many games. You look at Nathan McKinnon, 30 games. And by the way, that's what? 25% of the season that, that McKinnon's missed. So that matters. Uh, uh, Alex Newhook. So at the, at the center position, which is also why I think uh, Claude Giroux is mentioned for trades. We can maybe bring that up in a second. But he's getting more opportunities. He's capitalizing on those. And it is a lot more with assists. I think he's 
by far leading the team in assists, and he's only got like 16 goals or so, which is only only 16 goals. In the well, I think it's second. Or, I think it's second or third on the team. But the most impressive thing is the rate he's doing it at. Right, it's very efficient mm-hmm. in his career. Uh, there's a really good stat called production, and the production number on ESPN is pretty much essentially how many po- how many minutes are going in between whenever you score a point, right? Points per minute. Uh, this year, he's almost doubled his career average for this. He's he's getting a point about every 13, 13 and a half minutes. His career average is about 24, 25 minutes for that. So, I mean, that's the thing is not only is he getting opportunities this year, he's playing with other really good players and, and they're capitalizing and giving him the assist numbers, things like that. He's being efficient. And All when right. he gets opportunities, he's doing so. So I think, you know, it, it's it's something that probably won't keep up. I don't think he'll end the season, the points leader, but this is exactly what the Avs needed at this point in the year to get them to where they're at. And now everyone else who's been injured or behind the scenes, you know, for whatever reason, COVID can now step up and do what they're supposed to do. And that's what number one seeds are supposed to Let's look go. Like. And now I got to say, I am not one to like to admit when I am wrong. Okay. Right. I, I don't like it. We know. I don't Connor. like it. I don't really? like it. It's not there for me. We know. I got to admit, I was wrong when it comes to Nazem Kadri. I went on air on record last year when he got that suspension for that dirty hit uh, in the playoffs. And I went on air saying, hey, this is not what the Avalanche should be standing for. He needs to get off the team. Yeah, I went, that, I went that, that far. Was a, that was a bad take. It was a bad take. So, uh, hey, we're, 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 we're good on that. But, um, you know, obviously he's having a great year. Made his first all-star game, by the way. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's good. I, I like I like that production we're getting from him. But yeah, better, uh, more importantly, can this keep up? Do you expect it to keep up in the playoffs? What, Kadri's yeah, production? Yeah, Kadri's production. Not at this rate. Okay. But that's okay. That's I mean, fair. you know, it, it, there there's going to be other players stepping up in the playoffs. So the, the scoring's not going to be as high. But, I mean, let's just temper expectations. He's on a career you know, all-time high right now, but I don't necessarily think it's going to keep up in the all right. for the rest of the season or into the playoffs or anything like that. Fair enough. So, all right. Well, hey, we loving these abs right now. Looking great. Let's go abs. Whoa, whoa, let's go abs. Go abs go, right? That's a, that's what the Twitter calls it. So uh, You're, You are tuned in with the kids uh, these days. Yeah, yeah, Hashtag facts. I know. That's lit. Lit AF. Oh, God. I know. It's lit? Where? <laughs> Put it out. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, we're going to move on. We, I got uh, one, more, one more thing I, w- I really want to bring up before I, I know we're bumping against the time and everything. Um, we're bumping. I'm going to push the the Broncos head coaching uh, search onto next week. They have narrowed it down to three finalists, which I'm sure every Broncos fan out there already knows. Hire uh, Dan Quinn. We got That's Dan, just my opinion. Dan, Dan Quinn, Nathaniel Hackett, Kevin O'Connell. Uh, we're going to talk a lot. You disagree with me, don't you? We're, we're going to talk a lot more so about this like next. We're going to talk a lot more about this next week. Um, but just real quick, the only thing I want to get, I want to get all your desire, not prediction, but your desire. Ooh, who, desire. Who do you want out of those three Dan Quinn's for the head coach? Fire. So, uh, what? Says Dan Quinn. Well, actually, you know who I want for head coach, who's not part of the finalists, no, is no, Sean no. Payton. No, 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 only the finalists. Sean, yes, Payton. get Sean in here. Sean, the finalists. Dan Quinn, because he's done it before, he's going to learn from his mistakes. My only reservation is he's a defensive older coach, and the new trend for winning in the NFL is younger offensive-minded head coaches. So as long as the offensive staff is is elite and completely isolated from what's going on with Dan Quinn, I, I, I like the hire. Nick, I think. The safe pick is Dan Quinn simply because Super Bowl coach did not win 
It's a guy that when you see him on the sidelines, he is fired up and you need that sort of energy. I feel like with when you see Broncos head coaches previously, they just don't give you that spark that you feel like we've got it. You know what I mean? You, it, it's, you can't really trust, not necessarily trust, but you just don't believe in your coaches. Uh, Hackett and O'Connell, or uh, O'Connell, right? Yep. Yeah, O'Connell. Kevin, I just his offensive coordinator. Yeah, for you the just. Rams. Yeah, you just. I couldn't tell if it was O'Connor, O'Connell, whatever. Mm-hmm. I um, I just don't know if you can. It's just a lot of it's just a lot of resources to throw into an unknown. But again, I hate that hire. I do not like those. Hires. I just I just don't know. No. Again, it just depends. A lot of it comes down to the interview. Do I trust Peyton? Absolutely. So I I, I would absolutely respect that whereas with Elway we kind of got to the point where we didn't know but I think the safe pick is Quinn I don't think it ultimately ma- my my actual take I don't think it matters who the head coach is who is your offensive coordinator who's calling the plays so my thing is I know you want to move off this Connor but my thing is have you guys ever heard the expression proximity to greatness does not equal greatness if you're around great people that doesn't necessarily make you great at what you do. You spend time around Steve Jobs, whoever it is. That doesn't necessarily make you great. You could learn from them, but I, I'm so wary of these assistant coaching or Leary. offensive coaches hires. And that's why, wary. let's face it, Eric Bieniemy hasn't been hired from Kansas City yet because Andy Reid's doing all the work. I think Sean McVay is doing everything in L.A. to hire their offensive coordinator. It's like, who's really pulling the strings there? I don't like that hire at all. I don't think that being now, on that team makes him a good candidate at all. I think Dan Quinn is... is, is, is he seems, like, he seems like the slam dunk, does he not? Who? Hey. Quinn. Yeah. So, he, seem, he seems, like the, I think he seems so. like the guy. So we're going to get into this next week because <laughs> the Broncos will probably uh, hire a coach. Hope, I mean, it, it's, who do you like, it's definitely possible that they hire a coach by next week right. so we can talk right. about who do, it. Who do you like, Connor? Um, but I will get just real quick who I like here. I'm going to go against the green from what you guys are saying. Ooh. I want Nathaniel Hackett in here. Why? Uh, I'll tell you why. Three. Look, Just take a look at the remaining four NFL teams in the playoffs this year. Three of the four remaining NFL teams are the young Offensive-minded, so simply young gun be, wizards. Simply right? because he's young, you want him. No, no, I want him because I want an offensive-minded coach. I want, I want a quote-unquote offensive mastermind coach. So you want Hackett, Hackett has been taking the reins. You want from, Hackett calling the plays. Uh, he's been, he's been. You know what I'm plays. saying he's is, been, you want Hackett to be the head coach that calls the plays. I do, okay. and 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 I hope that that can accompany with Aaron Rodgers coming in here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers likes him. He he is a tra- he said that nobody else nobody brings him more joy to work with in the entire Packers building than Nathaniel Hackett. The best so part about the Packers, I would love that coming. Uh, he took over in 2019. That could be big for Aaron for Aaron Rodgers. The best That's part the about thing. the Packers that, losing uh, is that. That oh, looks I want him. I want give Aaron. Him. I so want Aaron give so bad. Me yes. Hey, Rog. Give so, me the so, prima donna. So I want who, him. Yeah. That's who I want. I want Nathaniel Hackett in here. We'll see. We'll go next week. I got one more topic before we head out of here. Okay. All right. Okay. The baseball Hall of Fame oh, man. inductees mm. were were uh, listed this week, right? Barry, and, Barry. <laughs> there you go. Uh, David Ortiz, Big Poppy, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I am so confused. Didn't he get caught using steroids? Yes, I don't understand all the criteria for this. All right, like, all right. So 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 let me let me set the stage for oh. you. All right, yes, all right. yes, set it, yes. David Ortiz, Big Poppy, makes the Hall of Fame, uh, and, and congratulations to him. Had a great career. Uh, we had. Todd Several Father. players from the steroid era, Barry Bonds obviously being the headliner, uh, didn't make didn't make it, and that was Barry Bonds uh, along with what is it, Clemens? A Rod? No, it is. Uh, it was uh, Roger Clemens and uh, Barry Bonds. Sorry, I have it right here. And, uh, yeah, so Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling, oh, uh, yeah. and Sammy Sosa for that matter. Uh, who Sammy Sosa didn't even get much of the vote, but the big ones would be Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling. They all did not get in. This is their final year on the ballot. They will have to get in if they get in through the Veterans Committee. Um, 
I just want to say, I want to start off with my opinion, then I want to hear your guys' opinion on this. I think this is an absolute travesty Ooh, for, travesty. for the Hall of Fame. Heavy. The goal of the Baseball Hall of Fame is to preserve the history of the game. That's their, their words, not mine. Their words, not mine. How can you tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds? This man was an absolute legend. Now, I, I know you people have their opinions out there with the steroids and, and not, but but let, let's just look a little bit here, okay? Even a casual fan understands some of these numbers, right? Barry Bonds, obviously, 73 home runs, most in any season in MLB history. 762 That's home so runs. That's so silly. That's like when you turn the video game level to easy. Absurd. Or like, right? It's yeah. absurd. I mean, it's, 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 it's absolutely absurd. Uh, uh, and n- I remember to take going away into, from... from I'm, I remember... Oh, sorry, sorry, no, 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 you go ahead. No, well, not to, not to take away from David Ortiz, right, who also was fantastic, but David Ortiz had a career on base percentage of 380, right? That's really good. That's fantastic. Barry Bonds' career on base percentage, if you turned all of his 762 home runs into outs, is 384. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I mean, that is absolutely wild, man. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing him get walked with no one on base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their bases were empty, yeah, and they empty. would walk Barry Bonds. Uh, Barry Bonds is the Badass. only player in history with 500 home runs and 500 stolen bases. He averaged in his career, uh, in his peak years, 36 home runs and 36 stolen bases. Absolutely insane. 36 I, stolen bases. That's one. That one's interesting. He's the only one in the 500 home run, 500 stolen uh, bases club. So uh, to me, this is a travesty that he did not get in. I think it's a shame. Uh, you look at the voters. 80, you need 75% to, to get in, right, from the Baseball Association writers, right? Uh, what, whatever. Writers. Let's just make sure that's very clear. Right. not play the sport. Writers. Correct. Go on. Right. Um, uh, so uh, generally speaking, writers have very little athletic ability. Go on. <laughs> so you need 75% of this, this vote. Barry Bonds had 66%, was pretty close. Uh, there was a report out that 86, 86% of the of the voters who have gotten voting power within the last five years, so they're the younger crowd. Eighty six percent of those of those voters voted for him to get in. See, um, this is why this is why rules. baseball is becoming so unpopular and is losing voter is not voters losing viewers because you have curmudgeons that don't want to change anything that can't appreciate greatness. And yes, you you can put Barry Bonds in if it takes an asterisk to put the guy in. Put him in so, because we don't even count his stolen bases. Like nobody remembers that Barry Bonds was a contact hitter for, for much yeah. of his career yeah. up until the last like what, maybe seven, eight years. E- even in those last years, he was still a great contact yeah. hitter and, and, and fantastic. So, so, okay. So we're right, on the Nick. same page. It's boring. Does anybody here think that Barry Bonds and the other players should be out of the hall of fame just because of steroids? I think, I think if anything, what you need is a steroid hall where you have these guys mm. and you have all their little mantles, but they're in and it just says, Hey, these guys were amazing athletes, whatever they were tested positive for PEDs, whatever, but they were fantastic well, well, players. Well, he didn't even technically test positive. I mean, he went through the... Fa- whatever it takes, you know, but I, I just don't think, I to your it. point, you cannot tell the story. Like, let's not forget that when I was a kid, uh, Barry Bonds sent me so so like I was captivated. They did daily updates, Absolutely. things like that. I mean, I, I watched baseball. Uh, I, and I bet you half of our listeners out there can absolutely relate. When did you pay more attention to the league, the to MLB in general? Do you remember where when? you were and Barry Bonds broke his... The absolutely. I remember where I was. Yeah. 
Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you had a story, Tyler, to tell. Maybe you were at a story, game. Story. Story. You were at a game with Barry. I, I interrupted you a little bit earlier. No, no. I was just. I, I said it. I was just saying that I've seen him walked with the bases empty before. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was gonna say. But no, I think he should be in. I think that uh, like you said it perfectly earlier. Uh, can you tell the story of the game without them? No. And it's it's so stupid because if you're not going to let anyone in because of steroids, how did Big Poppy get in? And I'm a I like Big Poppy except for when he knocked the Rockies out of the World Series in 2007, whenever, whenever that was. But I, I think that his name was tied to the Mueller report, wasn't it? Where oh the Mueller report, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, where he was anonymously named. So David Ortiz is linked to steroids more than Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens has never... Roger Clemens had a a disgruntled ex-coach come out and say, yeah, this guy used... And Roger Clemens never showed signs of it, never tested positive, never ever was linked to anything. He's come out to this day and said, I played the the right way. I played clean. And so what it comes down to is old grumpy white men who are holding grudges and they vote based on who they like. It's much like a high school popularity contest to where it's not about the stats. It's not about the steroids because if it was about the steroids, Big Poppy would have got in. And I actually heard a great interview today. I recommend everyone, all of our listeners to go listen to it. It was a Tim Kirkjian on the Dan Patrick show. And Tim Kirkjian has a vote for the uh, uh, Hall of Fame. And to hear his criteria, to hear why he voted for some players, why he didn't vote for other players, it lets you in on the process that it's so biased. I mean, look, it's, it takes all rationality out of it, and it's just, again, uh, the old white man's club making decisions that they think is the best for the game. So I'm not a fan of it. I would put in all of them, frankly. They all deserve to be You in. can tell the story in asterisk if that's what it's exactly. going to take for you to get your little point across. Uh, absolutely. Put something so, up at the hall. Hey, I, I'm glad we're all I'm glad we're all in agreement here. The last the last uh, part, which is obviously relevant to Colorado Rockies, Todd Helton was on the, the ballot again, and he has maintained his trajectory, has 52% of the vote. He'll get um, in. So that I mean, nothing is a guarantee. But people at the, at his point in his Hall of Fame journey that get over fifty percent um, have almost always got in. It's been good. like a really high ninety percent. Yeah. So that is great news for Todd Helton, who's who's on a good trajectory, and we all we all hope the Todd Father gets in ultimately. Also, also before we end the show, Nick Sopras, before we end the show, I want to leave you guys with one idea, mm-hmm. an idea. Okay, this is for overtime rules in the NFL. You guys can discuss it next week. Yell at me, whatever. Here's how you do it, and this goes back to my college days with some activities that may or may not be able to be related on the show today. But here's what you do in overtime. Back in the day, to be fair, what we used to do whenever we were splitting items for one person to figure out is the rule was always one person splits it, the other person chooses which one they want. Okay? This works for if you're going to split food, if you're going to cut a hamburger in half, who gets what half? Right. One person cuts, the other person chooses which half of the hamburger they want, right? So the same thing for overtime. So here's what you do. And this is actually, I can't take this as my idea. I heard this from, on, a, on a, a radio show, but this is, this is the solution. One team, the winner of the coin flip, they decide a yard line, okay? So it's like the, obviously every team gets now at the 20, 25, whatever it is. So let's say they choose like the seven yard line or the five yard line. Then the other team says, okay, well, then they get to choose, do they play offense or defense? I think this eliminates everything. This has been the best idea I've heard for overtime because now it's completely fair. You get rid of all bias. Both teams are doing the best they can. And if you really want to start on the one-yard line, statistics say... 
team start on the one, punt or turn it over a great majority of the t- majority of the time compared to even the five yard line. Now, now let me let me just one thing here yeah. on this, okay? Uh, and then and then I know we got to get out. I of know. Here. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I just had to throw this out there. I'm sorry, Nick. I know you got to. And, go. and we'll we'll talk next week here on on this. But I, I did have a, an interesting stat. Um, in terms of overtime rules, right? Because obviously that Bills Chiefs game was obviously right, and, crazy. and that's been the whole thing. I mean, that's been the one, thing. Everyone's the team about. who wins the coin toss. So, yeah, all so that I stuff. got I got a stat for you here. Okay, fifty-two uh, percent. That is the amount of time that the overtime coin flip winner wins the game. Um, yeah, in the regular and, and season. In the regular season. But do that's you know uh, what that no? Do you know 90%. what that number goes to? Ninety percent in the playoffs. Ninety point one. Ninety point one percent. But that should be the case. You're getting how about much of, much higher quality quarterbacks in the postseason. Yeah, you absolutely. give them the so. You give so Tom I guess Brady I would argue. Manning, so Rucks. how about this? How about if you have to play defense, you get to play offense. Rather than just like yeah, trying to reinvent the wheel. No, I wish that Everybody rule would have existed at some point in time. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> like how about if you? How about if you have to like? How about if you have to play defense? You get one drive on offense, and yeah, then no, and I, then we short. I think all you do is, should be the rule. All you do is you change. All you have to do to fix it is you change. Just like Nick said, if someone scores a touchdown, it doesn't matter if they score touchdown, field goal, whatever. If the other you team score, gets the other team gets one. The I NFL. Look, the NFL is the least creative. The NFL is the least creative league ever. So rather than getting all creative, just. Go. My idea is more fun and it's it's more entertaining. <laughs> it's better for the plus if you're going to keep the whole thing of of that eliminates a coin toss. Doesn't matter who wins now. Who cares mm. who wins the coin toss? Like it's so ridiculous. I the love playoffs- the idea. You pick the two, you get it on the two. Someone goes off. Yeah, but see, I just that's a good idea. You say your stats, but here's the thing: is when you get better <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, they're still going to take the ball from the seven yard just, line or whatever. That is I, so false. Once you, there's a there's a demarcation. I just don't understand why. I, I just don't understand why. Like, if you're going to have Patrick Mahomes play, why can't you let Josh Allen play? Like, I, I, like at what like at what point do we realize this is ridiculous? No, right. it's it, it's true. Or maybe just give it a ten minute overtime or, period. Or like do like what I, what I would eight like. Minutes, like soccer. Or like eight, eight minutes. minutes. Soccer. Eight minutes. Wow. What would be nice is like fifteen minutes running clock. Even if you go out of bounds, whatever, unless you call a timeout, the clock runs and you play 15 straight minutes. Whew. All right. Like my, my whole thing. That's my rule. Talk about it next week with Jared. When Jared's we will. Back. We will. We'll, we'll bring it up next week. We've got to get out of here today, guys. One team picks the yard guys. line. The other team goes offense defense. There All you right. go. I like it. All right. Hey, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Another episode of Red Rock Sports Podcast. Jared will be back next week. Hey, Connor. You crushed, man. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Connor. (laughs) Hey, uh, we appreciate you all for listening. Check us out at Twitter, Red Rock Sports One, uh, woosmedia.com. We'll see you next week.